This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist, or a physiotherapist, and wherever you're listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is Paul Goff live from Orlando. Fantastic as always to be here. Thank you for your listenership. Uh, We have another fantastic episode of the CEO series for you today. We're going to head over to St. Louis to talk to Beth Templin, the amazing Beth Templin of um, HouseFit. Um, This is just an incredible episode. Um, But first, again, don't forget we have a um, series of world um, workshops taking place. We're headed to uh, Orlando. Well, we're stepping literally next door into the boardroom of the office for a 12-person financial skills and annual planning workshop event here in Orlando. Then we're going to head over to Dublin on the 14th and 15th of December, and then we're flying all the way around the other side of the world, uh, 25 hours from um, the northeast of England, all the way to Sydney for a two-day event over there, 7th and 8th. Um, come and say hello wherever you are. Uh, we're getting on a plane and we're going to come and say hello to you. If you would like to work with us, never is it more important to uh, sort your annual plan out than um, the next few weeks. If you've never done one, you just don't really know where to start with it. You kind of know you should be doing one. Come and do it with me in person. I'll keep the room small so that you and I can get to know each other and I'll look at your business plan with you. I'll uh, look at your hiring plan, your marketing plan. We'll identify the key numbers for your business and create that yellow brick road. If you want to get to see the wizard in Oz, it is very simple. Um, You have to do what Dorothy did and follow that yellow brick road you need a little bit of courage you need a little bit of heart of a lion you need that brain that that the tin man is um is missing but we'll get you that uh if you like or we'll get you certainly the yellow brick road i'm sure you've got the other things the courage the heart uh, and the desire to get there if you just need that yellow brick road let us help you with it Um, and on day one it's financial skills it's a practical workshop i'm going to give you a management report which is a professional finance pack that the best business owners get every 30 days you're probably being screwed over right now by your accountant or your bookkeeper who is um, frankly uh, unable to provide you with the information that you want and if all you ever get is something that looks in the past uh, never factors in the performance of your people the cash flow the metrics, the drivers, the levers that you could pull to make the business better and more effective, you're definitely missing out. And I'll show you exactly what it should look like. And by the end of it, you'll know exactly what to ask for. You'll be more comfortable with your numbers and you'll just you'll just enjoy the process of, um, of staring at your business results every 30 days. And from that, uh, more success inevitably will come. So if you're there, you're growing a business, you get to the end of the month and you never feel like you've got enough cash and you just think, ah, what's wrong with the business? I thought I was growing it. Um, this is definitely for you. And if you're at the very start of your business journey, let's plug in these financials very quickly and I'll teach you a rare training. It is very, very difficult to find somebody who will teach you finance skills and annual planning Um never mind the two in one event so come and say hello in orlando 5th and 6th we're in um dublin 14th and 15th of december and then we're headed to sydney 7th and 8th and if you're in australia come and say hello bring the family i'm going to watch a bit of cricket uh taking the sights uh probably do the climb of the bridge over there and just generally have some fun um and being back in sydney which is um a place i've been many times and just love 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 that part of the world so come and say hello it would be fantastic um and we'll have some fun but we'll get some serious work done on your business as well send an email paul at paulgoff.com 
um, or head over to paulgoff.com forward slash finance paulgoff.com forward slash finance and we'll uh, get you all of the details just select the country that is closest to you um, to reserve your seat uh, only bad news is there's only 12 seats in each one so they will go very very quickly um, right let's get back to beth beth is just incredible this is the ultimate podcast on the things i've spoke about in the past um that i think you know define what really good business owners or what really defines a good business owner is somebody who's able to get shit done even though it's not perfect beth is the ultimate uh, what i would call get possible before you get perfect um beth literally just went out the door very very quickly we first met each other in 2017 uh, 2017 over in st louis i was on a baseball tour she started a business in 2017 and it's been a pleasure to watch her grow ever since then um, she's gone from naught to a million dollar practice she's now grossing over a hundred thousand dollars every month uh, hiring um, more and more people she's currently got 19 and runs an unbelievably successful um, uh, business over there in st louis so if you are at that point you're trying to grow you're stuck and you're just trying to overthink things all of the time this is the podcast for you uh, we get to talking about the uh, star qualities of her leadership team um, what she did to get through that first not to 300 barrier the problems she encountered between 300 and a million um, the um, now crowned I'm, I'm stealing this nobody else is having this the in out model it's not in and out burgers it's in out pt that's what this should be called from in network to out um, of insurance and into a cash pay model you're going to get to hear about that we get to talking about uh, beth's self-belief her energy her confidence where all of that comes from um their office manager uh, team um questions that she asks her kids every day to make sure that her and her family are really really enjoying their life we talk about self-image and, and needing to update that um, that often business owners don't necessarily look back and because of that they drag with them um, out of date beliefs um, all of these things are discussed and more on what is just an incredible uh, podcast she's a true success story she was a finalist in our ultimate ceo competition stood on stage and inspired over 300 businesses and um, many people at the end came up to me and said i want to be like beth and i want to be on that stage next year this is what we're about this is why i created planet paul the community this is why i get off my ass and i get on flights and i put workshops on all over the world um, i just love love bringing you all together um, one person's success inspires the next that's the ethos of this community and everything that we are about um, so without further uh, ado please uh, go ahead and do like you always do um, turn us up nice and loud and enjoy this podcast with beth templin of house fit from st louis missouri enjoy all right, we're live, we're live, we're live. All checking, we're good. Sound, audio, quality, everything is fine at my end. All right, let's get into it. So yeah, welcome, welcome to another podcast, everybody. We're live across the world. We're uh, beaming on Facebook, we're on uh, YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. This is going to end up on a podcast. Uh, we're in the United States, we're in the United Kingdom, we're in Australia, we're in pretty much anywhere that we can be thanks to technology. So thank you to everybody for joining us. And if you are joining us on Facebook or LinkedIn or any of the live platforms, uh, feel free to ask any questions that you've got and um we'll answer them for you as we go on today so 
Um, we're going to talk to uh, just a superstar of um, the Planet Paul community, if you like. Beth has been with us for a few years now. I first met Beth in 2016 in the middle, or 2017 it might have been, 2016, 2017. 17. 17. Business in 16. 2017. <laughs> it was in the middle of a baseball tour that I did with the uh, the fabulous Jerry Durham. He took me to uh, five cities in five days to watch baseball, and we ended up in St. Louis. If I remember correctly, I got to watch Chicago against St. Louis in Chicago, and that, was it the Chicago we were watching that night, I, I, if I remember correctly? I'm not a baseball fan, so I would have no details on we, it whatsoever. We, we might, did you come to the baseball? You did come. I to did. The baseball. I, came yeah. to, I came to the bar and I came That's to the right. baseball game yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed it, um, but I don't remember those details. I think it was Chicago because I remember thinking this is crazy. I'd watch Chicago on the Friday at the stadium there. And then this was now the Monday or the Tuesday or whatever day it was. We were watching them again um play each other obviously in the reverse fixture so that was 2017 and um yeah you were just getting your business off the ground so it's been fascinating to watch the growth of house fit the incredibly successful house fit over there in st louis um missouri so we're gonna have a, a wonderful conversation today <laughs> beth welcome um welcome to the podcast how are you I'm doing great. It is Halloween, uh, which is my daughter's birthday. So it's just a really big holiday here in our house. Uh, and after I hop off this, I'm going to take her for a little adventure to celebrate before we have the family over for dinner and presents and trick-or-treating tonight. Fantastic. So You, the, you guys, the, you Americans just do everything just so good. Like in Britain, people always ask me this. It's like, is it like this in England? I'm like, nope, like not even <laughs> like not even for debate, right? That. I mean, it's getting there. Admittedly, you know, just before I left four or five years ago, it was starting to get very, um, the pageantry of Halloween was starting to kick in. So when I was a kid, it was very rough and, and kind of ready where you would just go knocking on a door. You wouldn't get dressed up and it was just trick or treat. And ideally you got, you know, they used to give you money actually in the, in the, back in the day. You either got money or you got loads of sweets. And the idea was, this is where I'm from in a small little town in Hartlepool and I'm sure it probably goes on around the world. I, I hope it does so we don't just isolate Hartlepool. But the, if they didn't give you money, we used to buy eggs, right? So this is a little story. We used to buy eggs. <laughs> Oh boy. We used to buy eggs, right? So you can kind of guess what used to come, you know, and I'm talking these are kids now like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and they'd be knocking on everybody's door. And if you didn't get a decent amount of um, sweets or candy, then um, the house owner know, knew that they were going to get eggs on the window. So it was it was kind of within their, their um, it was in their best interest to make sure that all the kids got loads of candy. And that was that was the the sum total of my Halloween experience as a, as a sort of 8, 9, 10, 11 year old if you like growing up in england and now in the u.s god the difference is just watching my kids go to school oh. today dr even... strange iron man uh some kid off minecraft skeleton type thing it's incredible well and even um here in st louis they have a really weird tradition so i didn't grow up in st louis and when i moved here the first halloween that we handed out candy the kids here have to tell a joke to get, get I love that. Get the treat. I so my that. girls are practicing two or three jokes because if the person guesses, they'll make you tell another joke. Right, right. And that you have to stump them in order. You have to earn your trick or treat. When I grew up in Ohio, we just really went up and said trick or treat, and people dumped candy into our bins, and it was fantastic. So this whole and it's a, it's definitely a St. Louis thing. Yep. You have to earn your candy. Love you that. have to tell your joke. Um, they'll let the little ones get by without saying it, but like once you're a certain age, you better have some good jokes. Or you're not getting any candy. Yeah, no, I love it. Teach some lessons. It is. It's great. The pageantry of it all, like I said, it's just starting to over the last two or three years in England, you see people now 
in a nightclub across the weekend or they're having parties or whatever now and it's a big it's a big deal but it wasn't up until recently we didn't even have in england uh, proms we never had anything like that when i was growing up there was no um everybody get done up and go out for you know some party at the end of their their school year there was nothing like that so a lot of the the sort of us traditions if you like are making their way um across across to the uk which is pretty cool so um let's talk about your stunning success tell us a little bit about house fit where, where did you get the idea from let's take you all the way back it's it's 2016 you've got this bright idea to start house fit um, where did that come from and, and tell us where we are today yeah so i am a geriatric pt by trade and i did hospitals and then i did home health for like 11 years um, and like so many people, I just kind of got burnt out and I kind of started not loving this PT career, but I realized I still had like two thirds of my career left if I wanted to work um, and I didn't really want to switch. So I kind of started daydreaming and this is where this whole thing started. If I could create my own job, if what would my dream job be? What would it look like? What would I do? How would I take care of my clients? How would I have good work, work life balance? Like what does that look like? Um, so I started Googling. So since I had done home health for 11 years, I loved seeing patients in their home. Uh, I loved working with my older clients and felt like that was a great way to, to kind of continue working with them. Um, and the change that I made is in home health, you have to bill under Medicare Part A and it has a lot of restrictions. So I wanted to know if I could bill under Medicare Part B like an outpatient provider and still see my clients there. And of course, now I know that I can. Um, so when I met you, I had started my business, just me, myself and I, a little desk in my basement, my car, word of mouth was my marketing plan. And I just went out into the community and I networked with people and I made relationships and I started this little business um, seeing, you know, my goal was to see 20 visits a week yeah. um, to kind of make up what I had made previously in my last role. Um, and I figured I would figure it out. My husband was super supportive. Um, I was terrified to tell him that I wanted to leave my business, my job that I had made six figures at, that I had great benefits. I'd been there for 11 years and I'd worked <laughs> my way up and to tell him I wanted to just walk away from all of it to start my own business. And his response was, I can't believe this didn't come sooner. So it's just really interesting that he saw in me the potential to do yeah. this crazy thing before I even identified it in myself. Um, but having that kind of support behind you, and I feel like if I, if I failed miserably, I was very employable and I could always go back and get a job somewhere. But if I didn't at least try it and give it a shot, then I would always be thinking, what if? Um, so I started my crazy journey. Um, I got two word of mouth referrals on my first day of business being open in April of 17. And I was out in the community teaching classes in the Parkinson's community and making relationships there. And I think what was surprising to me was how in demand my services were. I, I grew faster than I knew what to do. And then of course I found you later that summer, took a new patient accelerator, and I didn't even have the opportunity to implement all of the steps before I was treating like 35 visits a week. Um, and I was working like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then I was like, oh, I need to hire. Um, so I started hiring, I, I, I hired friends. Hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you wanna come work for me part-time? Um, I knew a lot of part-time moms who weren't looking for full-time and just wanted a couple extra hours. Um, so that's how I started. And um, then the more time I had on my hands, the more time I spent volunteering and teaching classes, 
And people kept stopping me after class and saying, where else do you teach classes? Because yours is my favorite. It's the hardest. It's the most challenging. Do you have a DVDs to sell? Do you have a YouTube channel? And I was like, you guys are way ahead of me. I just started this fitness thing and I like it. Um, but I think it was a wake up call for me that maybe I could do more. Um, and so even though I never wanted to have a physical space, um, I now have a 5,000 square foot gym in South County. Um, and it's so crazy to me because I've never worked a day in outpatient. And now I own a clinic, an outpatient clinic, and I employ like 10 therapists. So it's just been a really big journey um, of change, of not knowing what it would look like. Yeah. Um, and I still feel like I'm trying to figure a lot of stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> and we are. <laughs> we yes. are. <laughs> so let's just put that one down that that'll never go anywhere, Beth. I think no. we're always, um, I hope, you know, I, I do actually hope that however long this journey kind of in business life lasts that you're always just still trying to figure out but you're just figuring out a new thing a new problem and yeah. it's a bit bigger and it's um this thing that you've never really got a handle on but the challenge or the problem kind of evolves and it gets bigger every year because you're you're pursuing growth okay. um so let's take stock we've got from 2017 to today 2022 we've built almost well now a seven-figure business yeah. that um is at the heart of a community in uh, it's almost record tight it's, it's just phenomenal what you've done to go from scratch to five million quit your job uh, in five years to a million dollar practice what was the um what was the big kind of I'm going to call it jumping off point where like the, the big leverage point where you just felt, yeah, that that's it. We're off. What was it? Was there a decision? Was there a hire you made? Was there a, like, was there just a mindset shift? What was the thing that just went from like 35 visits in you to now a, a seven figure business, hundred grand a month revenue coming through the doors? What, what was it? Um, so there was a couple of things. Um, so we, I, I originally was out of network with Medicare Um to try to be more of a cash base, but I wanted a relationship with Medicare because that's my target population. Yeah. And then I actually saw other clinics like Ryan Seifert's be very successful being in network with Medicare. And I thought, okay, maybe we should try that. So actually right before COVID, we flipped to in network with Medicare. And that was our big jump off point. Obviously we were able to get people and convert easier for PT, but then once we had them in our world and we were able to build that like, know, and trust, it was so much easier for us to get them over on the fitness side. Um, so I kind of thought as Medicare as my feeder for my my private pay cash and cash pay services. Because yeah. um, once people come in for two to three months on the PT side and they see literally on the other side of the gym, all these other people in, in classes doing fun things, doing challenging things, having a great time. How do I get over there? Um, so honestly, going in network with Medicare was my biggest driver. Yeah. Um, I think that year we added uh, like four staff members due to need um, PT wise. Yeah. So making that change, which a lot of people are trying to get out of insurance and we don't take any other insurance besides Medicare. Yeah. Um, but honestly, that was probably the biggest game changer. But seeing somebody else in your community be very successful being a participating provider with Medicare kind of shifted my mindset to what would that look like in my clinic? And we ran yeah. the numbers and we did change some of our appointment booking so that even though we were getting a little bit less reimbursement, we could book more visits per day to kind of make up that difference. And when it worked on paper, so because it worked on paper, we went through the steps and we converted. Um, and it has been what has catapulted us to grow so fast and yeah. grow nonstop 
since we made that big change. So you're essentially an almost an into out type model. We, we'll start in and then we'll get you out. I love it. This could be like a what's it in and out burger. This is like an in and out PT clinic almost. <laughs> into out. Uh, I want to write this down. I, I like this. I'm going to start teaching the into out model, as inspired by Beth. So yeah. we've gone we've gone in record pace. Challenges you've run into then. Talk us a, a, about some roadblocks that you've you just didn't see coming. They just hit you in the face, and it was like, oh man, like what what were they? Give me two or three of your big challenges that you've had to overcome in that that period of time. Um, so COVID's been interesting. Of course, we with work with a very high risk yeah. population, um, and I had some some staff members that were really reluctant um, to get on board. So I lost some key team members, um, which was a surprise. Um, I think, um, I think hiring, like I've, I've shared at my CEO, uh, mastermind presentation, CEO presentation, like I've hired 15 people this year. Yeah. So the fact that we've grown so fast, um, hiring and getting it wrong, hiring and having to figure out the onboarding process. Um, I think because we've grown so fast, everything in, used to rely on me. And now I'm having to figure out how to get other people to do what I did. Yeah and do it as well as I did and systematize it and record it and organize it. And um, we've grown faster than we've been able to put the structure in place. Um, so now we're kind of pausing on the growth and intentionally putting some of that structure in place. That way, when we grow again, whatever that looks like, we're a lot more stable and ready to absorb that growth without falling apart completely. Let me take you into two of the phases then let's say not to three hundred thousand dollars in revenue let's get specific what was the biggest challenge for you at that point the first 25 grand a month what was your biggest challenge um figuring out how to be sustainable and reliable with converting leads um, at that point we were still out of network with medicare and so people were paying us up front yeah. and so we always had that barrier i think also not understanding what this model could be there aren't a lot of models out there like mine. So I couldn't even like use it as a blueprint. Um, I didn't have a roadmap to figure out what it looked like. So I had a, a personal trainer as an instructor and she was fabulous, except she didn't want my low level patients. Like somebody with a walker was approaching her class and she's like, that's not, that's not who I see, but that's who I see. So just really understanding who my business was to hire the right people, getting my marketing message out. Like I've kept my first brochure that I ever made and my first newspaper article because now I look back at them and I'm just like, oh boy, I've come a long way. Yeah. So I think just with anything, you're, I'm learning a new skill set. I'm learning to master it. Um, I think the one strength I did have is I was willing to fail. I was willing to throw it out there and see what worked and what didn't and learn from it. Um, but it's such an uphill learning curve to figure out how to run a business, how to look at budgets how to get people in, how to hire the right people, make sure you're delivering the right services and you're packaging them correctly, you're naming them appropriately. Um, like my business looks very different today than it did as that startup business um, because I was just literally throwing so many things at the wall yeah. to figure out what would stick, what was a good idea because I just didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I think just a lot of learning, a lot of uh, trial and failure, um, trial and error, uh, was kind of where I was at though yep. that first year and a half. I think, and it's common, people listening to this, you know, there'll be people in that not to 300 right now are trying to be perfect. I always worry that people try to get perfect before they get what's possible. And when you watch people who do rush through it, where they go from not to a million very, very quickly, it's they are 
they're okay with um, a little bit of mess. They're okay with something gone wrong. They're okay with just like, let's just almost like a Greek wedding, spin the, um, spin the plates as much. And if a few drop, then, you know, it's part of the fun, if you like. Yeah. But we'll um, we'll get moving and we'll get into that next kind of bracket. And then we'll start to think about structure and communication and some key employees. And we might not ask our best friends to answer the phone. It's now a robust recruitment process to find somebody that's answered the phone for 10 years that knows how to deal with whatever the problems are that we've got in the business. So tell me now about the next phase. So we're into probably the next six or 700,000 now. So we're now about 60 grand a month business. What were the pain points at that point? Um, I think um, space. So um, when I when I got this space, yeah. it was so big, we didn't have to use it effectively or efficiently. Um, I, when I bring people on, I tell them the only guarantee is that we're going to change and we're going to continue to grow and get better. Um, so like we've moved the space around probably 10 times. We just did it again two weekends ago yeah. um, to accommodate space. It's it's getting the new equipment. Oh, I've hired another admin. I need another desk. I need another this. So just figuring out the logistics. It's keeping that team morale. It's making sure everybody's on the same page and keeping the vision and the culture and accountability. Um, I think those are some of the biggest challenges that we've had with the fast growth spurt. Um, plus we have a in-gym team. Yeah. And then we have a mobile team. So we kind of have two separate businesses in addition to the fitness. So making sure the mobile team is dialed into the gym team, um, making sure that, you know, everybody's on the same page. And again, I've never managed this many people before. So I think what worked for eight people yeah. didn't didn't work well for 14. And now that we're at 19, we're changing things again. So how do we do time cards? How do we do vacation requests? Like there's just so many more moving parts um, as the business grows quickly. Um, one of the parts where I got stopped is initially I was able to hire all part-timers yeah. and people who didn't need a full-time benefited position. And then I had trouble growing because I had people that wanted 40 hours that needed benefits that believed in my mission, but like that was the, the sticking point. So then I had to figure that out. I had to figure out, could I afford benefits? How much could I do? What did that look like? How could I layer it in? Um, and I think around that time is when I started adding in benefits. So healthcare, dental vision, 401k, short-term disability. Um, and again, one, that was another sticking point. But once I figured out the benefits and how to package and offer, yep. then I've been able to bring on another like six people. So again, you, originally it was great building a lot of part-time people that didn't need those benefits because they were on their husband's benefits yes, or yep. they had other things going on. And I got away with it for a long time until I didn't. And then trying to figure out, we've made great offers. We've had great interviews. We've found really good people, but they said no. And yep. why? It was because they needed the benefits. So figure it out, Beth, figure out how to get benefits, figure out where to go um, and just and make it happen. That way you can bring on the people that you need to continue to build your business to the next level. So I would say that was the biggest problem I had to solve. How did, so how did you then? What did you do? So if I probe, we, oh, yeah. I, I assume it's a pricing or a like, because you're not going to want to take the pay cut on it all. So how did we how did we um, evolve the model or what changes did you make to be able to compensate for the extra costs? So we've done price price rises a couple of times, um, yeah. both in our private pay rates and in our class rates. Um, and then really it was just working like 
I, I didn't shop around a lot. Um, I'm one that I look at one or two options, maybe three tops, and then I make a decision and I move forward. Yep. Um, in the past, I've gotten stuck at trying to find the absolute best option. And I'll look at 10 different things and spend a month looking at it. Um, and I've really gotten down to, I'm going to look at two or three. Yep. I'm going to make a decision by the end of the week because the decision needs to be made. Um, and I use QuickBooks and they partner with Simply Insured and they had packages that I thought were reasonable. Yep. Great. Sign up for that. Well, guess what? Now they offer 401k. Yep. Great. I, so everything through guidelines. So everything yep. is in one place and it made it easy for me. Now, down the road, will we look at potentially more affordable, better options? Yes. But that will be something that my office manager can do. Yep. Um, to, at that point that I was at, I just needed a solution. Is it the very best solution? I don't know. Uh, it's on the, the to-do list to reassess every year and make sure that that is a good option moving forward. But what it allowed me to do was get the decision made and get the hiring problem fixed, which was the biggest problem I was having. I love it. So the moral is um, get get possible, get moving before yes. we get perfect. Yes. I think, and this is where I love when I get to interview people like yourself, because the the success that you've had and the growth that you've had is it's not normal. Most people don't do that. It, it can be and it's possible, <laughs> but it's not normal by, um, you know, from a, a math point of view where most people wouldn't do that. So then you dig in and you unravel it and you think, well, if Beth did something, you know, you pointed it out and you said, look, in the first like couple of years, it was just like, get going, chuck stuff. Like, let's just figure out that we're, we're going to be able to create something here. And then it's the same method has been applied to solve the next problem so you're getting very creative um around the solving of the problem but we're not going into a point of it must be perfect and it's got to be um overanalyzed to death which is by the way a big thing that pts do because of just the way we are we're spending i don't know three or four hours a day when you're analyzing a treatment session or a diagnosis like you're just used to looking at things and overanalyzing Whereas in business, the skill is really just to decide and commit and then figure out in play. And like you say, it's a very good strategy that in a year you can go, okay, we've got some data now. This is the type of employee that we could um, could get. And now I've got somebody else who can go and figure out how to save me 10 grand or 20 grand on all of that next year. But we're moving rather than that. Let's wait till this is perfect and all of the stars line up. And I think that's one of your star qualities that um, you should never you should never lose. That you're willing to commit or decide and then commit, um, even if it's not perfect. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a strategy. There's, there's a book on it. Um, it's Jeff Bezos's strategy for running Amazon. And one of the things I can't remember the name of the book, but I read it a few years ago, and it was like inside secrets of Jeff Bezos. And, and the one I loved was he basically said to all of his team. We don't have to agree that it's right. We have to agree that we will decide and then move forward. Like So we have to agree to decide to move forward. We don't have to agree that it's right. These are two different things, right? And that's the, what the book pointed out. Agreeing to be right or needing to be right is one agreement. And that's where business owners, like with their staff, will get stuck. Whereas if we say, look, let's just agree to move forward and correct in play, we can keep moving there. We've got momentum. We've got progress. So we don't need to have the right ideas and we don't need to agree that it's right. We just need to agree that it sounds like a good idea to move forward and then reassess in three to six months. And then the data will tell us whether or not we're right. And I love that. And I think that's a little bit of what obviously you have where you're very comfortable of just going, if we get this wrong, great, we'll correct it. And, and we'll figure it out in three to six months and we'll deal with whatever the consequences. But better that than being permanently stuck at a 300 grand business that you know you're frustrated with because you haven't been able to get that traction that you would assume you would have got by now. Yeah. 
tell me about then key hires. That's where we're talking about 19 people, 15 people this year. There's obviously some 10 over, some changing of seats. The um, one or two key hires that you've made that make your life easier, what uh, role do they play? Like who, what's the role? Not necessarily the name, just what was the role and what did they do for you to really help you at this point now? Um, I think, you know, as I was growing, it was my, when you looked at my org chart, it was me and then everybody was right on directly under me. Yeah, yeah. So I think creating that management team for me has been so key this year. So having an office manager um, that just really runs all the day to day and then having a, a team lead on the therapy side. Um, and the three of us actually just met and they asked me, they're like, Beth, what are your goals for next year for the business so that we can carry them out for you? What? This is amazing. So for me, it's looking at the finances and the budget and hiring the right people and making sure that we're staffed appropriately. For the office manager, you know, she said she wants to maximize revenue on the classes. She wants to support the team. Um, and she had another really great third objective. And then for my team lead, it's supporting clinical excellence and decision making and making sure we give the best quality care. So like between the three of us, we're able to look at all of the main pieces of how to keep this business running, growing smoothly yeah. so that we take excellent care of our employees, excellent uh, care of our clients, and that we keep doing a little bit better every single year. Um, and I think for me, I'm really stepping into the, the finances. I think that's the biggest growth that I've had personally this year is getting a little bit more financial clarity, um, trying to work on my financial intelligence. Like I love spreadsheets. I look at numbers all the times, but I didn't always understand the meaning or I was really good at looking back at the story, yeah. but I wasn't good at using the data to make decisions moving forward, um, which is where some of my setbacks have been. So really just trying to hold myself accountable. You know, they pitched me a great idea. I'm like, that's fine, but I have these 10 questions and I need them answered before we move forward. And a lot of them are, what is the impact on the bottom line of the business? In theory, it looks like it'll generate more time and money in the, in the space that we have, but I need to see that the numbers actually match and support that. And we're not doing guesswork, um, but it's been great to be able to delegate tasks, to be able to get a second set of eyes on things, to have a team that really supports my vision. Um, some of the people that started with me, the business has grown and changed so much that the things I kept wanting to do and expanding were getting a little bit of resistance. So having a fresh team of people to really support my vision, my dream, and, and really say, Beth, I'm here to help you. What do you need to make this business what it needs to be? Yeah. Um, has been so refreshing this year. Um, so I think that the, just having the right people just directly beneath me to help support the rest of my team, um, those are going to be my best hires. And if those people ever leave, it's going to be hiring those positions yeah. again and knowing exactly what I need out of them, the mindset, um, the drive, the passion, that's those are going to be my key positions moving forward. What's the star qualities then? So somebody listening to this is thinking, great, they're envious. They're, they're thinking, Beth, you lucky, you know, you've got these two superstars. So in my head, I want to know what's the star qualities that let's say your office manager has that somebody listening to this should be looking for when they um, either train or they recruit, like, what is it? Yeah. So I, um, She's such a people person and, and not that I'm not, but I think that I've always focused on excellent care to our patients to the extent that I forget my staff. Yeah. So bringing in somebody who loves taking care of staff and really looks at building team um, 
I mean, her communication skills with my team are amazing. Um, she's been able to love on them and get to know them and yeah. build the trust when there is an issue. People might feel intimidated coming to me about it because I'm the owner, um, but they feel very comfortable and confident coming to her with anything about the business. Um, same thing for my team lead. She is my clinical rock star and that she's yeah. a resource for them. Um, she's also very fitness forward. She's she's happy to push the boundaries with me. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of high intensity exercise. We're doing fall prevention and we're training people how to fall and just embracing that we can do better as a profession, that we can take care of this aging population in different creative, innovative ways um, and and helping me get there. Um, sometimes I throw out an idea. She does 80% of the work and brings it back to me and I just check off. Other times we flip it the other way around. Um, and the three of us work really well together as far as we challenge each other. We call each other out when something's maybe not quite right. Um, even if it's maybe something the other person doesn't want to hear. And, but I think we value and respect that feedback and the, the honesty with which it's presented. Um, and it just really allows us to create like we get set when three of us get together, there's always just energy in the room. Um, How just, do you try to help them then? What's your role in that in developing them? What do you do? I give them the room to do the job I hired them for, <laughs> yeah. which, which is hard um, when everything is yours and you're used to controlling it and making all the big decisions it's sometimes hard to trust the people that you've hired, but honestly, they've brought things to the table that I could never have done on my own. So like the power of their brain power and their creativity, in addition to mine has made us, we've added new programs faster than I could have done on my own. We've added better programs than I could have done on my own. Um, just realizing that yeah. I'm not the best at everything and surrounding myself with people who are more organized than I am, more into the literature than I am, um, have more time and passion about certain things than I do um, that align with my core values. But like, really, that's been the most exciting part is like they come to me with PowerPoints, with yeah. numbers. Beth, this is the financial impact. This is how many staff it'll take. This is how long it'll take it to implement it. Like they pitched me this week uh, or last week for something they want to roll out in January. So they know that I need time to process and think and ask follow-up questions. They presented it to me two months ahead of time so that we have the time to work out the kinks and roll it out yeah. successfully. Fantastic. Let's switch gears. Um, you were a finalist at PPM. Um, yes. <laughs> the um, presentation that you uh, gave was just sensational. Loved it. Um, what was your biggest uh, takeaway from the event from one of the speakers? What did you What did you kind of take where you thought, yeah, that was worth getting to it? For? I mean, I have so many big ones. My big ones from um, Damon are, you know, I got the book um, Think and Grow Rich, and I have my ten goals. They're yeah. written out. They're of course in a spreadsheet, um, and I've been going through them every morning and every evening. Um, and the six month goals were easy. The yeah. ten and the twenty were so hard because. I haven't thought about it in concrete terms. What do I need it to look like? What, how do I get there? Um, so it's been a really great challenge for me to have to put numbers and dates and, and be very specific about my goals. And I found that even in the two weeks that I've been doing it, I keep refining them because I'm getting better at understanding what that looks like. Yeah. And the clearer I am on my goals, the more likely I am to achieve them. Um, from James, it was like, I get to, 
Yeah. Like I started Girl Scouts with my girls this week and somebody asked me, do you like to camp? And I said, sure. They said, oh, we need a mom to go get trained for camping and be our camp mom. OK, I get to do that. Yeah, I get to be that for my girls. I get to step up into that role that nobody else has stepped up into. And I get to do that. Um, I get to, you know, I did a half Ironman uh, in 2011 before I had my kids, before I started my business. And I haven't done any racing until this summer when I decided to prioritize my health again. And I did my first little sprint triathlon and it was awful. Um, I was so out of shape mentally for the challenge of that race. And I was at the point where I'm like, I'm either going to go all in and do it all over again and get up to half Ironman races again, or I'm going to just sell all my equipment. And of course, after hearing him, I'm yeah. like, how could I say no? Yeah. Um, so getting to speak to him and, and share my story and um, just get that little bit of extra. He's like, tag me when you do your race, like so crazy. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've picked out my races. I've got my training schedule mapped out. Um, so again, just getting, getting my personal life, prioritizing that more than the business at times, um, from Anil, like the questions for the kids, yeah. I I've written out seven questions. We've printed them out and my two girls and I sit down and we do them at night at dinner. Uh, and sometimes my husband is there too, and he'll join in and it's great, but we, we take turns reading the questions and we have just better conversations and they know the questions are coming. And so they'll point out to me, mom, there's my act of kindness today. Yeah. I already did it. And it's not even like, I'm not even out the door yet. And we celebrate it. Yeah. Um, what was his questions again? Remind me. I think, I think uh, I came back in. It um, was, tell me something that was terms, exciting yeah. about school. That's right. Uh, tell me an act of kindness that you did. Tell me about an act of kindness that you saw. Tell me what made you laugh today. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about today? We've got seven of them that we that we wrote out um, and I've got it like laminated and we just it sits there. And so they now they kind of fight over who's going to read and grab it. And um, but it's just great. Um, or they'll be like, I don't know if I laugh today, mom. I'm like, well, great. What can we do to make you laugh? Um, so and then I have to answer the questions, too. And I'm like, "Ooh, what did I do? Oh, I sat in my in my office all day long and I didn't interact with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I need to change that. Um but yeah, I mean, just so much, so many great things um, that I've taken away from that. I feel like, I mean, my business is going to be better, but I feel like I've leveled up personally. Yeah. First and foremost from that um, event and like my 10 goals, half of them are personal, half of them are business. But like I'm getting better at defining what I want in like numerical terms, which is something I was never very good at. Um, just really prioritizing my personal life and what I want for my family. Yeah. Um, and even just like prepping for the presentation, it really, it gave me an opportunity to reflect on how far I've come because I have grown so fast and I just go, 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 go that like, I need those forced pauses to reflect on everything that I've accomplished and, yeah. and just be proud of that in itself um, before moving on to the next thing and not, not pausing to enjoy the success. So yeah, it was, it was a great event. It was one of my favorite hands down that I've been able to attend. Um, I love that. There's there's something about that reflection piece. And I, I've talked a lot over the years about how it's so important for a business owner to take time to look back before you go forward. And that's the phrase I often say. Before you go forward, you should always go back. Like, what can we learn about the thing that we're talking about before we try to change it? And what what has happened a lot lately, the more I teach, the one of the reasons I love it is because I can get hopefully more articulate around whatever it is. And this is the latest 
on that that what what you're talking about there as a business owner if you're not careful you go you go so fast like what you've done but what you carry with you is the self-image of yourself from when you started right so this is pretty cool and i'm only really been able to explain it like this recently you start the business with all these these kind of views and these beliefs about who beth is at 2017 right and beth gets her head down and Beth just does the thing that she's really, really good at. She's very creative. She's very confident. She's just like, go, go, go. Let's make this thing happen and we'll figure it out. 22 comes around, 2022, five years later, the self-image that Beth has of herself is still the same as the one in 2017. So even though the circumstances of Beth's life have changed and the responsibilities have changed and the success is obvious, Beth can't see it because of the self-image that she's carried with her for five years has never been updated and often the image only gets updated by looking back and actually saying look what i've achieved look what i did look where i've come from look at how i live now look at the things i've done look at the fun i have look at the life i've got look at what i've learned look at the people i've got in my life now look at the network look at all of the people right down to even it being at an event like ppm live or any you know any event where you go actually these guys are in my corner like they, look at the five people that i met at that event like they're in my team now like they can help me. I can reach out to them. So all of a sudden you start thinking, actually the 2022 Beth is very different now, the self-image that I've got. And if I continue to update that self-image because of reflection, the next big decision I've got to make, well, I'm more likely to do it with the Beth of 22 making the decision, not the Beth of 2017 that might still be a little bit, oh shit, I'm not ready for a 1.5 million business. I'm not ready to fire five people. I'm not ready for a second location. Well, you are. Like to me, when I went, I'm like, absolutely. Like, are we ready to go? And this is what I've realized with a lot of clients. I'm like, no, come on, we can go. And then you realize, no, actually they're carrying with them the image from 2017 because they don't do enough reflection of where they've come from. And you can adapt it in your personal life where even with your kids, it's just so important to go, actually, what what did I do like yesterday? What was really cool yesterday? What was the five things that were the best about my, like one of them put their arm around you or one of them just said thanks. or one of them laughed when they, you know, laughed in your ear when you were doing something. It's just like the tiniest little things that you reflect on from the day before and you go, yeah, that's the self-image that I'm creating. So I'm, I'm wholly responsible for it. The discipline to do it is what's in question. Can, can I update the model? Can I update the view? And if I can, I'll carry that with me and I keep getting my goal setting skills. I keep getting my know-how um, updated in terms of my business plan or my ability to market or hire people. If I keep doing that and I add that self-image, you've got, you've got magic. And that's what you see in a business owner that just keeps going, that just is doing what you're doing. Yeah, like I said, it's um, it was it was surreal to be on that stage, uh, but it I think the prep for it is what was even more valuable. Yep. Um, and then after people um, just coming up and speaking to me, that knowing that my story inspired them or resonated with them, or they got you know all the feels and um, whether it was the health issues or the finance or just the journey in general um, of not really knowing what I was doing but doing it anyways. Yep. Um, just getting that kind of a, a response and feedback, like that's what it's for, because I have been so motivated by those previous talks. Um, I was even motivated by some of the talks I heard this year. Some of my competition and seeing, Ooh, if he did that, can I do that too? Ooh, I want to be more like her in that way. Um, and that's what it's meant to do is to kind of pay back to the community for everything that's helped you get to this point in the first place. We all need it. We all need it. And, um, for, 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 you know, when I look at that CEO competition, just the fact you get on stage, just to say, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable getting up here is 
it's incredible what you you do for the rest of the people in the room who who do what you've said i want to be on that the number of people who came up to me and said i want to be on that stage next year they didn't necessarily say i want to win it right that's cool if you you know if you do and what have you but the fact that you get on stage that's what people said to me i want to be on that stage next year i want to be on that stage i want to share my story and all of a sudden you're part of something that's self-fueling in a very very positive um in a in a very positive way it just takes one it takes one and then the next one and then the next one and before you know it that's what you've got that um the number of people who have sat on a flight on the way home from that event who said i want to be like beth or i want to do what beth's doing or i just want to live like beth i want to live fearlessly i want to live courageously confidently all of the things that you are that you could see shining through on um on stage and i don't think you should ever underestimate that that's probably in my very humble opinion the best thing you can ever do being a pt is amazing like putting your hands on somebody and making their knee better that's fantastic but changing the way somebody feels about themselves inside another level another not even not even in the same conversation um in terms of your mission and your kind of you know tell the story about your life at the other end you change the way somebody feels about themselves you're in a different stratosphere for impact that you'll have on on it and and uh, you know th that's not to say that the work that we do as pts isn't isn't very very important but that internal thing where most people really need that help that's the magic and that's what what you did at the um that's what you did at the event that's the drug you get you know you get you get a high from it quite literally doing it oh yeah i hit that i hit my standing point and i just had a huge like adrenaline <laughs> rush i was like i hope they cannot see my legs just shaking um and I do a lot of public speaking. So it wasn't the speaking, but I think it was the stage and the room and just like a little bit of yeah. everything. The don't, forget the don't forget the smoke machine. Don't yes. forget the smoke machine. Yes. Got off. Um, and my walkout <laughs> song. I mean, it was just what a great experience yeah. Good. Um, to be able to do. Uh, last couple of questions. What's the best thing, most impactful that you've learned since you've been part of the community, since you've been part of, I don't know whether it's the mastermind or CEO, what's the biggest thing that you've, um, that you've got that's really helped you in your life or your business? I mean, I think when I started, everything was for the business. Um, and I sacrificed a lot of personal things, um, whether that was time or health or, you know, money, like we put poured all the money into the business. Uh, we lived off my husband's salary for years just to get it up and running. Yeah. Um, and I think now that we kind of have this established, like reassessing what I'm willing to sacrifice and not to grow more. Um, and, and just really understanding what my priorities in life are. Um, and a lot of that's come from the conversations we've had in CEO this year. Yeah. Um, and instead of just goal setting, it's dreamlining and, and setting my personal goals first yeah. and then figuring out how the business can support that. Um, because I don't think I would have been able to sustain the speed that I was sacrificing at um, and still be happy and love what I do. So trying to figure out how I can rely on my team to do the things that they need to do for me, that I've hired them to do, that they're excellent at. Yeah. Um, prioritizing my family. My girls are at such a great age. I wanna spend time with them before they're too old and too busy to hang out with me. Um, you know, While they still think I'm a cool mom and will let me roller skate with them on the weekends and go camping. Um, so I think it's just really having a better understanding of what I want out of life. Part of that is this business. Absolutely. Yeah. I get excited about it. I'm passionate about it. It drives me. If, if I had more hours in the day, I would definitely spend more hours on it. But I don't want to do that anymore at the sacrifice yeah. of spending time with my husband and my kids. So I think just having clarity on that and, and being really comfortable with that yeah. is the biggest mindset shift I've experienced. Um, and I just feel like I have a lot of peace. I still work. You know, I'm still driven. I still have so much passion. This is my happy place. I absolutely love what I've created here with my team. 
There's no doubt about that. But finding the balance again, because I was so out of balance for so long, um, is really what I think has happened a lot this past year. I think you get permission. And again, because you see, you see other people and you get a third voice in your conversation that says, no, Beth, like, look, like this, this is what you got. Like, you need to prioritize this. or you got to prioritize those gals or you got to do whatever. All of a sudden you get a few people kicking you and you go, well, I kind of knew this. And I always think that you knew it, right? I always, yep. you know, the, the best, I always say the best business owners, they come to us just to have their intuition confirmed. They kind of know it, but they just want somebody to go, tell me that's true. And if you do, I'm off, I'll do it. And that's yep. what, what I think you get when you're part of a, of a community like CEO, where you're, you're being told by five, six, seven, eight, ten people you trust that, you know, are uh, on the same journey, having success, living, you know, in some way, the type of life, not necessarily the, the, you know the nuances of life but in terms of it being about the quality of life and about spending time with family and friends at the same time is getting into sync with this business not one or the other it's just how do we make them sync up sometimes you'll be with the kids too much sometimes you'll be with the business too much and it's just that little kick every now and again to go actually you're out of sync here but i think getting that permission slip for you um and to know that you've earned the right to be able to say actually now i'm I'm done. And and that's what most people listening to this, it's just the the stuff that's piddled around in the business world of hustle and you know, work, 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 work. It's I get it, I get it, I get it. And I poke fun at it. The first year or two, we all should do that where you're just like, let's go, let's just give it our best shot. But then after a while, if you're still doing that after two years, you're like, you're probably doing something wrong. Like you, you haven't hired or you just haven't got a plan that you're sticking to, or you're just not thinking about leverage or whatever it will be. Um, but if you're still working till all the hours after two or three years, then, and, and, and in the end, in the end, it all boils down to the courage just to make the decision that you probably secretly know that you need to make um, anyway. And I think that's what you do really, really well. Thank you. Thank you. You're a superstar. Uh, where can people find out more about your business and just watch a little bit of what you do in your journey? Yeah, our website is housefitstl.com. Uh, same thing for Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're not that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I always try to wrap up, and I, I would say this to you, uh, when I get to spend more time with people, which I've obviously got to know you well over the last few years and, and more hopefully over the next few years, the thing that I see with you, I always try to give somebody a little never lose this, self-belief. And I wrote, the minute you came on, I don't know if you know, I write all the way through these things and I'm, I'm taking my notes. You've got so much self-belief, you've got so much energy, and you've got so much confidence. Never lose that. That's the magic. I, I genuinely think behind what you do and the success, you've got so much vibrancy for life, like a zest for it, an energy for it. every time I see you, you've got that smile. Never, ever lose that. And if you keep that and you just keep doing the thing that you, you, you do and you're learning your craft, you're learning about finance, you kind of accept I'm not, not quite as good at, as it, I would like to be, but I'm going to go there and I'm going to learn it. If you keep both of those things, you can't lose. You can't fail. You won't fail because you love it. And that's the, that's the, you know, that's the magic sauce behind what you do. Never. Never lose that. If anything, turn it up a little bit more. <laughs> turn it up that. a bit more. Turn it up that. a bit more. The world needs it. Thank you, Beth. I think you're absolutely amazing. You're doing fantastic. Go and enjoy Halloween and um, spend the afternoon with your kids. Well done. All right. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks, Beth. Thank mm -hmm. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Paul Goff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to paulsmarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. 
Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who would benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. You can also find all of these details over in today's show notes. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day.